The Bible is separated into the Old and New Testaments. We read accounts of diverse people in various times. We find poetry, historical texts, and personal letters, but all of it points to Jesus. You search the scriptures because you think they give you eternal life, but the scriptures point to me. You could see the, the cloud Bible of smoke. Separated into yep. the old and new. It's on the loop. <laughs> Y'all want to watch it again? <laughs> How many like reruns, right? Uh, you could you could see the cloud of smoke to the north of our house. Uh, what looked like flames appeared over the trees on the horizon. I was in high school at the time, and it looked like there was a major fire, and it looked like the fire was in the direction of our school. All right. So the wishful thinking and misplaced hopes of a young adolescent had me dreaming of time off from the rigors of high school. My dad saw the smoke, he saw the flames, and we both had the same idea that it was the school that could be on fire. So we jumped in the car, we drove down the road, and to my deep disappointment, we discovered that there was a local cabinet shop that was on fire. In our little community, the whole town had turned out to see what was on fire. It was a traffic jam that I'd never seen before in that little town. Curiosity, what does it do? It compels us to drive towards a fire. We want to know what's on fire. We want to know how it happened. Are they going to be able to put out the fire? Or in my case, is there going to be school tomorrow? <laughs> Today we're continuing our series at the scene, and we've been looking at places in the Old Testament where scholars believe a pre-incarnate Jesus showed up at the scene. These are referred to as Christophanies, and in today's story, we see where Moses encounters God at the burning bush. Let me set up the story for you. Moses had been uh, born in a time when Pharaoh was having all the Hebrew male babies killed. His mother had put him in a basket in the Nile River, and Pharaoh's daughter discovered her. Miriam uh, discovered him. Miriam, Moses' sister, was standing nearby, and uh, she asked, would you want one of the Hebrew women to come and take care of this child? And so she took Miriam up on an offer and went and got Moses' mothers. And so years go by, and Moses sees one of these Egyptians beating a Hebrew. And so he kills him. He buries him in the sand, and then the next day he sees a couple of Hebrews fighting. And he tells him, he says, hey, guys, why are you doing this? Stop fighting. And then one of them asks, he says, are you going uh, to kill me like you killed the Egyptian yesterday? And so Pharaoh finds out what Moses had did. He issues the order for Moses to be arrested and to be killed, and so Moses leaves. He ends up in Midian at a guy named Jethro's house. And after helping Jethro's uh, daughters uh, get water for their flocks, Jethro decides to give Zipporah, his daughter, to be Moses' wife. Now we find Moses doing what all good son-in-law should be doing, is taking care of their father-in-law's business. Amen. Come on, somebody. Right there. Exodus chapter 3, verses 2. There we go. I got that in there for all you son-in-laws out there. Uh, I'm sure my mother-in-law will have a list of things for me to do next time I come to her house. Amen. 
Exodus chapter 3, verse 2. There the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a blazing fire from the middle of a bush. Moses stared in amazement. Though the bush was engulfed in flames, it didn't burn up. This is amazing, Moses said to himself. Why isn't that bush burning up? I must go see it. And when the Lord saw Moses coming to take a closer look, God called to him from the middle of the bush, Moses, Moses, here I am. Moses replied, do not come any closer, the Lord warned. Take off your sandals for you were standing on holy ground. I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. And when Moses heard this, he covered his face because he was afraid to look at God. There's several things I want you to see this morning in this passage of Scripture, and if you'll buckle up tight, I'm going to go quick. The first thing is this, is that recognizing God at the scene requires a holy curiosity. Write that in your notes this morning. Moses, I love this, it says that he sees the Lord appear to him in a blazing fire in the middle of a bush, and Moses stared in amazement. Though the bush was engulfed in flames, it it didn't burn up. And Moses said, this is amazing. Why isn't that bush burning up? I must go see it. So he stares in, in amazement. Some translation says he looked and behold. It caught his attention. It caught his curiosity, if you will. He wanted to know why the bush wasn't burning up. Then he made the determination. He said, I'm going to go see it. I'm going to go check this thing out. See, recognizing God at the scene requires a holy curiosity. We must be on the lookout for the activity of God. We must be able to see the divine moments when God is at work. It's the conversation in the line at the grocery store. It's noticing someone in distress and offering hope. It's developing a holy curiosity that leads us to burning bush moments. Do we recognize the activity of God? Can we see God moving? Do we discern when he is leading us? What is curiosity? Uh, By definition, it's a desire to know. A A more specific definition under that is it's an interest leading to inquiry. How many of you ever been interested in see something pass and go, okay, well, that's weird, and you move on? But how many of you have ever seen something and and it's like, wow, that's that's interesting. I've got to ask a question about that. I've got to find out more about that. So what's a holy curiosity? It's a desire to know more about God, how he's moving, where he's moving. It's an interest that leads you to wanting to know more. Billy Graham once said this. He said, can you see God? You haven't seen him. I've never seen the wind. I see the effects of the wind, but I've never seen the wind. There's a mystery to it. We can't see God, but I want you to know something. We can see the effects of God in our life. We can see the effects of God in our world. I mean, think about it. How is the grass turning green right now? How is, how is the wind moving in our, in our world? How is this earth, this planet spinning around on its axis and then now orbiting all around a sun. There's something amazing about the creation of God going all the way back to Genesis 1-1 when he says, in the beginning, God created. He spoke the world into existence. There's something significant about that. We can see his handiwork and we can inquire. And that's exactly what Moses did. 
For us, that requires faith. I love uh, Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6. It says, and it is impossible to please God without faith. Anyone who wants to come to him must believe that God exists and that he rewards those who sincerely seek him. So the second thing I want you to see this morning is that a holy curiosity includes divine voice recognition. Divine voice recognition. Yeah, you, you've probably got on your, on your smartphone a, a voice recognition system, and if I said the right things this morning, my phone would pick up on that. If, if, if I said that, they would ask a question. Sometimes I say things and, and my phone doesn't understand me, and it just, you've, you've seen it happen in service before where Siri all of a sudden says, what, do you, what, what are you talking about? What do you want? Now, I, can't, I, can't, I said something the other day, and all of a sudden on my watch it starts going and, and looking for something, and I was like, no, I don't want to go to Texas Roadhouse in Texarkana. That's not where I want to be right now. I mean, I would like to be there, but, I, you know, it's a, a little bit of a drive. But r- right now, I don't know why it recognized that, but sometimes it's not there. How many of us can't hear or discern the voice of God? We don't understand. You say, what are you talking about? It says, verse 4, when the Lord saw Moses coming to take a closer look, God called to him from the middle of the bush, Moses, Moses, here I am, Moses replied. When you have a holy curiosity, you develop the ability to hear and discern the voice of God. We miss divine opportunities if we don't recognize his voice. Is it possible, now listen, some of you are like, I've never heard the audible voice of God. I haven't either, but there's a feeling that's inside my heart where the Lord says, hey, I I think you need to say something to this person. I think you need to go in there and ask a question. I think you need to, to, right here, there's just a feeling that comes into my spirit and my heart. Is it possible, though, that we miss miracles when we don't recognize his voice? Moses saw the fire, but he heard the voice. Eric Tim writes this, he says, We are living in a time where the hearing from God is bombarded by many frequencies and voices. That, this noise, corrosive in nature, makes it difficult to hear God's voice. Living with more noise means we live less like a disciple. Now think about this. Moses didn't have Facebook, he didn't have Instagram, he didn't have TikTok distracting him. He, he wasn't bombarded with CNN and Fox News and MSNBC. This, the sounds he was dealing with was the sounds of the bleeding of sheep, birds in the air, and the quietness of nature. I wonder if Moses heard the crackling of the fire before he saw the burning bush. See, Moses recognized the voice of God. Jesus illustrates discerning the voice of God by telling this story in John chapter 10, verse 1. He says, I tell you the truth, anyone who sneaks over the wall of a sheepfold rather than going through the gate must surely be a thief and a robber. But the one who enters through the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him and the sheep recognize his voice and come to him. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. And after he had gathered his own flock, he walks ahead of them and they follow him because they know his voice. They won't follow a stranger. They will run from him because they don't know his voice. See, later in that chapter in verse 27, he says, My sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. Do we recognize the voice of God? Are we tuned in? to his frequency. 
We can't allow the noise of our day, the flicker of our screens, the buds that are in our ears to drown out what God is trying to speak to us. Now I want you to know something that I like noise. I don't like quiet. I don't like the steel. I like to have noise. I like to have music playing, and I can tell that I start getting feeling a little frustrated if, if, if I, you know, forget to hit play on my music, and it's been about an hour, and I've been in here in this church building, and it's quiet. It is so quiet. It's eerily quiet sometimes, and I'm here working. So when I'm here, I'm usually listening to music. And if I know nobody's in the building, I'm listening to it loud because like, I like loud music. When I come into this sanctuary, I turn on, sometimes I turn on the sound system. Sometimes I just play it out of, out of my phone or my iPad. But I listen to music. I have worship music that's playing in the background as I'm praying over this church. And one day I found myself that I was distracted by the lyrics. You know, I'm over here, I'm trying to pray, and then I'm over here singing about something else that the lyrics to the song didn't match up to the prayers that I was praying. Now, these are great songs. How many know there's a lot of good worship music out? We're blessed in, in, in our day and age to have a lot of songs about Jesus. But I needed to be concentrating on what I was praying. I needed to be able to hear the voice of God, not the voice of Chris Tomlin. I needed to be able to hear what God was trying to speak to me, not what Bethel Music was trying to speak to me. In that moment. And so what I, what I did was I made a playlist that was nothing but instrumental worship music. And I, saw, I, I would play that as I would pray. And, and I would just seek to God. No words, just the worship songs without the words. And it was great. However, recently I was like, man, I just want to dial in a little bit more. So I left my phone in the office. I left the iPad in the office. I came in here. I didn't turn on the sound system. I didn't turn on anything. I just began to walk this church and begin to pray and begin to seek God and wanting to tune in so close to what he was speaking to me. And so I left with no dis I left the office with no distractions. I don't I don't want to have anything in my life that's keeping me from hearing what God is trying to speak. And my prayer for us as a church is that we learn to see the activity of God in the world around us. See, God is moving. God is moving. You can't see the wind, but you can see the effects of the wind. But if we can get our eyes off of our screens long enough so that we can see what God is trying to speak to us and we can discern what God is trying to say to us, then we can see miracles happen in our world right here in 2023. See, Mark Madison eloquently writes, he says, learning how to hear the voice of God is the solution to a thousand problems. Oh, that's so good. The last thing I want you to see this morning is that holy curiosity removes barriers to divine connection. Now, as I was studying this week, I looked at this and I was like, what is the significance of taking off your sandals? Like, I don't want you to take off your, your, your shoes this morning because some of y'all's feet stink. Okay, you know what I'm talking about? Why did God tell Moses to take off his sandals? See, remove, and, and we, we have to go back and look at the original, at the original uh, time and season that this was written in. Removing one's sandals was a sign of respect towards a superior or towards a person's dwelling, you know. So you walked in, you took your shoes off. Sandals were often removed before entering someone's home or before entering a sacred place like the temple. 
Also, those who were slaves or who, who were destitute often didn't wear sandals. And we saw that in the story of the prodigal son where the father said to his servants, he said, go get my son some shoes. God telling Moses in Exodus 3.5 to take off his sandals. And, and, and then the commander of the Lord's army in, in Joshua 5.15 uh, telling Joshua to take off your sandals for the place where you're standing is holy may have been on the basis of, of demanded respect or, or worship as some have suggest, su- suggested. But there, there's really a, a deeper spiritual reason. When God descended on Mount Sinai, the mountain itself became holy. Because of the presence that he told Moses, he says, I want you to put some limits around the mountain and set it apart as holy and tell the people, be careful that you do not go up on the mountain or that you even touch foot on it. Whoever touches the mountain shall be put to death. We saw that in Exodus chapter 19, verse 23. At at the bush, God told Moses to take off his sandals because where you're standing is holy ground. We see that again in, in, in Joshua where he tells him to take off his sandals for the place you're standing is holy. Same reason as with Moses, the, the place of the ground where they're standing is holy. It was made holy by the presence of God. So it's probable that being told to take off your sandals was not because of demanded respect. It was not because of, uh, and certainly not worship on their part because they had not been told to do it. But because nothing man made, and therefore in their minds unclean, was to be between the feet of God's creature and the holiness that God's presence made the ground. See, what it did is it removed any barrier between you and connecting with God. So what's hindering us from connecting to God? Is it our pride? Is it our lack of faith? Is it our unforgiveness? Is it it our addiction? Is it an overcomplicated and busy life that leaves little room for God to speak? This morning, I want to give room for God to speak. See, today is Pentecost Sunday in the, in the greater church. Uh, we are celebrating that. It's, 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 Pentecost was the second great festival of the Jewish year. It was a celebration of harvest when the first fruits of the grain harvest were presented as an offering to God. And in a similar way, Pentecost symbolizes for the church the beginning of God's spiritual harvest of souls. Because you know what happened in Acts chapter 2. They received the Holy Spirit, and then 3,000 people that day were added to the church. It was something powerful that happened. The events during this particular Pentecost celebration marked a dividing line between the Holy Spirit's occasional presence and temporary empowerment on certain individuals, as we see in the Old Testament, and his continual presence and his sustained empowerment that, are now, that is now available to all of God's people. See, on this particular day, he filled the believers with his presence, and he remained in them. Acts chapter 2, verse 1, on the day of Pentecost, all the believers were meeting together in one place. Suddenly there was a sound from heaven like the roaring of a mighty windstorm, and it filled the house where they were sitting. Then what looked like tongues of flames or tongues of fire appeared and settled on each of them, and everyone present was filled with the Holy Spirit and began speaking in other language as the Holy Spirit gave them this ability. So as a church, if you're new to Hope Family Fellowship, we're an Assembly of God church. 
one of our, our statements or our fundamental truths is that we believe in the power and the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Another one of our fundamental truths is we believe that the baptism of the Holy Spirit, the initial physical evidence of the baptism of the Holy Spirit, is speaking in other tongues. We don't seek tongues. Guess what we seek? See, tongues is a gift. We seek the Spirit. So recently, Max Lucado, I don't know if you're familiar with his work, he talked about his first experience speaking in tongues. He said, when I was 64, now listen, this is, this is fresh. This is within the last couple of years. He said it was on a July morning. As I was praying, he said, I began praying in tongues. Nobody laid hands on him. There wasn't a great revival service. He was just hanging out, seeking God. He said, I had not done anything different except I came across the passage where the Apostle Paul says, eagerly desire the spiritual gifts. He said, I prayed that every morning for two or three weeks. And then one morning, early in the morning, I began praying in a heavenly language. Church, God desires to give us more. God wants, he's got spiritual gifts that are available to us. Listen, I wish I had time this morning to unpack this a little bit more. But 1 Corinthians 12, 14, 13 and 14, go read it. Go read and see what God has for his people. The gifts of the spirit. There's something powerful about that. But we have to seek God. We have to seek him. We have to seek the Holy Spirit and then he gives us the gift. One of the things that we've done here at Hope Family Fellowship is we've made available the Encounter God Weekend. Some of you have been a part of those in, in, in the past. And on one of our sessions, one of the speakers answers this question every time, how can I receive this baptism? And he, he, he lists this. He, he, said, he gives some cautions. And this is our friend, Roger Lewis. He's, he spoke here at Hope Family Fellowship before. And Pastor Roger will say something like this. He will say, don't wait until you understand it all. It's faith. It's faith. He says, don't overanalyze the experience. He says, pull, pull down any walls of doubt, fear, pride, or anxiety that you have constructed. He says, don't allow your past experiences or excesses to cause you to miss what God has in store for you. We receive the Holy Spirit in the same way that we receive salvation. It's by faith. So he says, here are some steps to help you receive the Holy Spirit, the baptism of the Holy Spirit. You can write these down this morning. I'm going to go quick. Number one, we just talked about it. You've got to remove barriers. You've got to remove barriers. If you have unconfessed sin, you need to confess it. You need to get it out of your life. If you have some doctrinal hang-ups, you need, to, you need to move past that. I mean, Max Lucado, he was not, he's not Assemblies of God. He's not a spirit-filled, he is now, but he was not a part of a spirit-filled uh, part, uh, group of people. He was part of the Church of Christ, and now he's non-denominational. But he, he, he began uh, to look past that and look at the Scripture and say, you know what, I can't let my doctrinal hang-ups keep me from eagerly desiring God's gift for my life. Then you got to remove your pride. Number two, you got to ask. Luke eleven thirteen says, "How much more will your Father in heaven give you the Holy Spirit? Give the Holy Spirit to those who ask." And then the third thing is just receive. Just receive the gift. You say, Pastor, I prayed and I prayed and I prayed. Keep on praying. Keep on believing. Don't give up. Don't give up. And then the fourth thing he says is release. You got to pray out loud. You must speak the words, syllables, or phrases that come, come to your mind. You know, uh, he says it like this. God's not going to grab your tongue and start, start wiggling. 
Some of you have so much faith and it, it just easily comes. Others, it was a struggle, and, and it, it, you know, it, it, it was a struggle in your life. But I, I want you to know something. That the bottom line in all of this is that God wants us to seek him. And I'm not talking about seeking. I'm not talking about seeking tongues. That's a gift. He wants us to seek him. He wants us to go after him. He wants us to see the burning bush and run to it, not run from it. God wants us to be sitting in line at Walmart and hear his voice and begin to act upon that. Look around you. Look around. Like I'm guilty, just as guilty as the rest, all right? I'm, I'm, I'm easily distracted. And something happens and, and, and somebody says something and I get curious about, you know, something that I can go down a rabbit trail that leads me on a 30-minute Facebook search to see, you know, this actor and, and what all movies they were in. Okay, come on. I'm not the only one there. Y'all don't judge me too hard. Or somebody could ask me a question that's theological, and all of a sudden I'm reading, I'm reading theologic uh, books trying to figure out what, we, uh, what the, the answer to their question. I can get distracted really easy. But I want you to understand something, that what God wants us to do is pursue him, to take everything that's in our mind and our heart that's distracting us and move, remove that noise so that we can pursue him totally. So I'm going to ask you to stand with me this morning. I told you I was going fast. Some of y'all didn't believe me. Have no faith. But I believe that God wants to move in your life this morning. I believe that God wants to move in your life this morning. Some of you have been walking this relationship with God and you just feel like you, you're dry. Man, God wants to give you a fresh touch today. Some of you have walked into this room this morning and you, you're like, man, I don't know anything about the Holy Spirit, but I want everything that God has in store for me. God wants to move in your life this morning. The first thing we have to do is remove any barriers. And the barrier that we need to remove is any unconfessed sin. So this morning with your heads bowed and eyes closed, I'm gonna to ask today, if you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, maybe you've messed up, you've been away from God and you just need to rededicate your life to the Lord today. The Bible tells us in Romans 3.23 that we've all sinned, we've all messed up, we've all fallen short of the glory of God. Romans 6.23 tells us the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord says, the scripture says, if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus is Lord and that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. So if that's you this morning, say, Pastor, I'm ready, I'm ready to rededicate my life to the Lord. I'm ready to commit my life to the Lord, maybe for the first time. In a moment, when I count to three, if that's you, I want you to raise your hand. If you're watching online, would you send us an email at prayer at hopefamily.tv or put a comment in the comment section? We want to pray with you today. But I'm going to ask you to raise your hand when I say three, and, and, and then I'm going to ask us all to pray a prayer of salvation and dedication together. If that's you today and you say, Pastor, I'm ready to recommit myself to the Lord. When I say three, would you raise your hand? Or I'm ready to commit myself to him for the first time. When I say three, would you raise your hand this morning? One, two, three. Anybody in this room? Yes. Anybody else? Yes. Anybody in this room today that would say, I'm ready to rededicate myself or dedicate myself to him today? Come on, would you pray this prayer with me today then? Would you say, dear Jesus, I believe you're the son of God. I believe you died, rose again, and you're the Lord of all. Thank you for saving me. Thank you for setting me free. In Jesus' name.
Amen. Amen. This morning, here's what the altar is. I'm going to invite you to come. I don't care if, if you've been filled with the Holy Spirit for 40 years and you just, you just want a fresh touch. Listen, don't ever stop seeking what God has for you. Don't lose your holy curiosity because you have been in this thing for a long time. There's more of God for you. Let me tell you, I haven't gotten all that God has for me in my life. I will never get everything on this side of heaven that God has in store for me. I promise you, I'm going to keep pursuing. I'm going to keep going. But there's always going to be more of God for you. So don't lose your holy curiosity because you're, you're satisfied with the status quo of where you're at. Amen? So whether you've been in this thing forever or you've never been filled with the Holy Spirit and you're just saying, Pastor, today I want to seek God. I want to pray. I want to ask God to, to, to fill me with the Holy Spirit. Man, I want to pray with you today. So Tisha's going to begin to sing this song that we sang earlier. And I want, you to, I want you to get out from where you're standing. Listen, don't make me come back up here and say because only one or two of you come up. I believe that this needs to be a place that we all come up. This needs to be an altar call where we all come down here and we play and we pray and we seek God. So when you come down, come and just say, God, would you, I'm ready to receive everything you have for me. I'm ready for the gift of the Holy Spirit that you have for me. And just begin to pray. If you need to lay something down, maybe there's something that's in your life that you just need to lay down, then lay it down this morning. But allow God to move in you for a few minutes today. As Tisha begins to sing, would you meet me at this altar today? I want to pray a prayer of faith with you today here in this building. Come on, church, would you begin to move today? I want more of God. God, I'm ready for you. Come on, begin to move today. Jesus is in this room. Here and now, here and now. Making this place church begin to seek him right where you're at
on, church. Lean into what God has in store for you today. There's, there's, there's two types of people. There's some types of people that, like, I mean, I was eight years old when I was filled with the Holy Spirit for the first time. I didn't know anything about theology or anything about the knowledge of it. I got the, I got the emotion of it, and then I got the knowledge of it. It's faith. And then there's some people that, that you, you're wired a different way than me. You want to know all about it, and you want to grow, and you want to you want to learn about this thing, and then the faith happens. So a couple of years ago, I gave this book to to a lady that was in our church. She went and read it in a week. I gave it to her on a Sunday. She went and she went and read it, and on Friday morning, she's vacuuming her house, and the Spirit of God hit her as she was praying, and she was filled with the Holy Spirit with evidence of speaking in other tongues. 
So what I'm saying is it doesn't have to happen here. It doesn't happen to happen. There's, there's, yes, where two or three are gathered in his name, there he is in the midst of them. But this is a gift from God, and you've got access to him. So it can happen tonight while you're, while you're doing your nightly prayer, just saying, God, would you fill, fill me up with the Holy Spirit? But if you say, Pastor, I want to know more about this. I, I don't know enough about the Holy Spirit. I've, I, haven't, I haven't been filled with the Holy Spirit. I don't know enough about it. Would you come and tell me as, as you walk out this morning, I will order that book for you. I will give it to you. I'll place it in your hand at no cost to you. I'm not asking you to, I'm not asking you to pay for the book or anything. I'll give it. We'll, we'll give it to you. The church will provide it for you. I feel so passionate about this. Listen, we're a spirit. One of our values, you heard me talk about values earlier. One of our values is spirit empowered. It's why I don't get nervous when Pastor Ben's up here and he says, hey, I just think we need to seek God for just a minute. Because I trust him enough to know that he's being led by the Holy Spirit. So if you want this book, if you'll see me at the end of service today, as you walk out, say, Pastor, would you give me that? I want to have my phone. And I'll open up a note in my phone. And I'll just start writing names down, typing names down, and I'll make sure that we can get one of these books for you and put it in your hand. Because I just believe in, it, in, in, in the power of the Holy Spirit. And some of you need to have a better theology of that, and I understand that. I couldn't unpack that for you this morning in a 25 to 30 minute message. Let me pray for you today. Listen, not this Wednesday, but the next Wednesday, we have our first Sunday, our first Wednesday night of prayer. We want you to come and be a part of it. Next Sunday, I'm going to wrap up this series at the scene. It's going to be great. Father's Day is coming up in a few weeks. We're going to, we're going to kick off a new series that day called Mixtape, Volume 1, with the Songs of the Ascent. If you look in Psalm chapter 120, I believe it's like 120 to, uh, like there's like, there's a bunch of them, but it's if you've heard the Psalm, Psalm 121 is one of my favorites. I lift my eyes up to the hills. Where does my help come from? The maker of heaven. My help comes from the maker of the heaven, the creator of heaven and earth. We're going to walk through some of those Psalms, uh, uh, songs of the ascent and that. This is a series I've wanted to do for a long time just because I love those Psalms. And finally, the Lord says, it's time. So I'm like, yes. And then as I'm doing it, I put volume one on it because then I thought, man, there's some great songs in the Bible. Not just, there's the songs of David. There's the songs, of the Christmas songs of Mary and Zechariah. There's the songs of Moses and that centered around the Exodus. There's some great songs. And so I thought, hey, this may end up being a series that we do later on. So I, I wanted to put uh, volume one on it. So who knows what's going to happen. But this is, I'm, I'm excited about where we're headed with this this summer. It's going to be a good, good summer. Amen. Good summer. Kids, are you excited to be out of school? Teenagers, are you excited to be out of school? No, some of you not. Educators, are y'all excited to be out of school? Yeah, I could start a Jericho March this morning just with, with that. We got a lot of great educators at our, at our, our church, and we're excited that they get a little bit of a, a break. Let me pray a prayer blessing over you this morning. Thank you to our online family that's attending us, attending with us today. God bless you guys as well. Father, thank you for an opportunity today to come and worship you. God, I pray that we wouldn't grow weary and well-doing, but we would keep seeking, that we would run to the fire, that we would have a holy curiosity that would take us to give us more of you, God. I'm praying that we would have divine voice recognition, that we not, not only hear your voice, but we would act upon it. And I pray this week, 
that you would do an amazing work in and through your people. Now, will you bless them and keep them? Will you make your face shine down upon them and be gracious to them and give them peace? In Jesus' name, amen.